boys and girls, welcome back to another week, another episode of the Chocolate Puma podcast. It is I, your boy, Chocolate Puma, and I was going to take this week off with the election going on and all the stress and anxiety that that brings. I was like, you know what, I, I, I think I need a break. But as the week has gone on and the news of hopefully Trumpito's impending uh, loss gets you know realer and realer i said i gotta i gotta take time out i gotta jump on here and i gotta give some thoughts gotta give some hot takes not even really hot takes probably if you know me or have listened to me for any of the 57 episodes i've done already so you know um but i gotta get this off my chest um wow like this is insane uh georgia a state that never votes Democrat, is about to be, you know, one of the biggest flips in this election. Um, the idea that Stacey Abrams gets screwed out of her election for governor a few years ago, and instead of her just sitting down and not doing anything or being bitter about it, which, believe me, she she would be completely justified in doing so. She decided to make it her life's mission to stamp out voter suppression, to become, like, the face of Georgia, not even just Georgia, uh, just voting across the country. And her efforts... And her team, it wasn't just, you know, one person, but um, just her efforts have really shown through tonight, especially. And I really want to make sure that, I mean, I know I'm just a dude that only gets 20 to 30 listeners a week. But here at the Chocolate Puma podcast, we want to give Stacey Abrams her flowers. Like, it's amazing what she's done. The idea that... (laughs) A Democrat would come into Georgia. Still, I, I, I'm still just in utter shock, and the way that this is just turned almost overnight is just chef's kiss, man. Chef's kiss. Um, so seeing it just crumble for Trump is just—it's been joyous to me almost. Um, so yeah. But while I'm on the topic of voting, I'm guessing this is probably just going to be a a very political episode, a quick political episode. I promise next week we'll have another guest on and we'll be talking about some ridiculous stuff. So don't worry about that. Um, This week, I kind of want to point my ire at uh, black men not taking the right to vote seriously. Uh, First, I want to start off with the fuck is wrong with the 18% of y'all voting for Donald Trump? Like, it's absolutely insane. This is a man who I will get into his, let's just call it checkered pass with, as he likes to refer to us as the blacks. Like, we got to get our shit together, black men. We cannot depend on black women to constantly bail us out it's fucking ridiculous at this point it's embarrassing it's infuriating 
and while I'm on the topic of infuriating, I uh, someone who used to be a, a, a pretty good friend of mine um, in high school posted how he had written himself in as president, and then he posted a little meme that said, See, Massa, I voted. Look at my sticker just making me smile. And that made me... I don't know if I've been that angry in a long time. I take voting very seriously. Um, My grandparents had to take a test to vote. It didn't matter that, you know, my grandmother was, I mean, at least in my opinion, one of the smartest people in, you know, in my hometown. It didn't matter that my grandfather was a veteran. He and, I uh, believe, three of his brothers all went and fought in World War II. None of that mattered. When he came home, he was just a nigga. <laughs> and he had to take a test after all that. After putting his life on the line, he had to take a test for the right to vote. And for me to sit here and pretend like I'm some kind of Uncle Tom because I, I'm i proud to vote every time. It would be a spit in Jim Lee Boyden's face, and that's something I won't do. And it's not something that if you're around me, I will allow you to do. Period. End of discussion. I've never missed an election if I had, you know, anything to... No. No, like I get my ass up and I go and vote, period. I'll never forget when I was, I believe it was my sophomore year in college and Barack Obama was running for the uh, U.S. Senate. I went to a debate and saw him. I, I, I was hyped up. I didn't change my voter registration to the north side of Chicago. I had an 8 o'clock class, followed by an 11 o'clock class, followed by a 2.30 class, and then ended that up with a like 6.15 class or something like that. I got up at 5 a.m., I jumped on the train, rode probably about an hour, hour and 20 minutes to the south side, voted, got back on the train, rode all the way back, and still made it in time for class. I don't fuck around when it comes to voting. This, this, I don't know where this came from, and this is an exclusive to uh, black men. There are some black women I've seen do, pull this I am not my ancestors crap. And that is one of the most disrespectful things that I can ever imagine. My ancestors, our ancestors, were incredibly strong people, and we are only here because of the sacrifices that they made, the bravery that they showed, the examples that they set. People that walk around with those I am not my ancestor shirt (laughs) complain if they don't get mimosas back in time for brunch. You're damn right you're not your ancestors. It's about time that you started acting worthy of the examples that they set.
Okay, that one got me a little bit heated. Um, I'm also not heated, uh, perplexed, disappointed, I guess you could say. Um, had a coworker who told me he doesn't see the reason why people are ending friendships and relationships over Donald Trump, and that we should all just, you know, love each other, because in the end, I mean, what, what what's the big deal? And to me, it just shows, like, people don't, they don't listen, or they don't care, because the reason that people are so adamant, so against Donald Trump, it's not because the news told us, oh, he's a bad guy. Oh, we see that R by his name. He must be a bad guy. No, he is a bad guy. Period. Okay? He had the largest federal housing discrimination suit in the history of the United States filed against him. And it wasn't filed against him by some rogue democratic regime. It was filed against him by Richard Nixon. Do you know how racist you have to be for Richard Nixon to be like, hey, <laughs> come on, guys, that's a bit much. He still, to this day, has never apologized to the exonerated five from Central Park. He repeated, he's repeatedly called for their incarceration despite DNA evidence exonerating them, despite the fact that someone actually confessed to the crime. This man sat down and he wrote an article and took out ad space calling for the death of teenagers. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and people still don't see it. They don't see it. In his book, he said, the only kind of people I want counting my money are short guys wearing yarmulkes. Those are the only kind of people I want counting my money. Nobody else. Besides that, i tell you something else. I think that guy is lazy and it's probably not his fault because laziness is a trait in the blacks. This was later said to be true by Donald Trump himself in an interview with Playboy. After the Charlottesville Unite the Right rally, he was quick to say that there were, quote, very fine people on both sides. One side had people protesting for equality, and the other side had white supremacists, neo-Nazis, and members of the Klan. Very fine indeed. He told Democratic congresswomen to, quote, go back where they came from, despite the fact that three of them were born here in the United States and that all of them are citizens. He's claimed for years that Barack Obama wasn't born here and demanded to see his birth certificate as if he had the right to go up to another man and tell him, I need to see your papers. If you don't understand how a con artist who has never been so successful solo on his own, <laughs> demanding that a black man who literally has worked himself up from the bottom of the bottom to the top of the top, 
to show him his papers is racist, do me a favor. I want you to hit pause on this. I want you to delete this podcast from your feed. I want you to, if you follow me on any socials, I want you to delete me or make yourself known so I can block you myself. And then you got the people, oh, well, poor Melania. I want to say this. Get this on on record. Fuck Melania, too, because she's out here peddling that birther bullshit, too. <sighs> All right. Well, um, I'm going to end this with, uh, I heard a very, very good segment on uh, MSNBC. Um, a couple of nights ago, uh, Professor Eddie Gloud, a academic uh, professor at Princeton, um, just nailed, absolutely nailed how um, I and a lot of other people are feeling, you know, even though, you know, it seems like we're about to be finally rid of uh, of this boil on the ass of American society known as Donald Trump, how Donald Trump isn't the main problem. It's easy to place the blame on him. And believe me, he's definitely, definitely um, worthy of some of that blame. But a lot of this is on American society, and he does a much better job of breaking it down. And before I play his clip here... I will say I had the pleasure of being, um, for the lack of a better phrase, um, myself and form, uh, past guest Liz Jansen, we were his handlers when he came and spoke at North Park uh, University in 2005 or 2006, I can't remember. Um, and he was just the nicest guy in the world so gracious with his time. Um, we got to sit down and we took him to dinner. We took him to Hop House, one of the, um, no, Hop Leaf, excuse me, one of the best uh, like beer gardens in Chicago. Um, sat down, had a burger, had a beer. We laughed, we talked, we had deep conversations, frivolous conversations. It was just an amazing time. And then, you know, hopped the cab, went back to campus. We walked around, showed him around campus a little bit. Um, and it was just an amazing time, like, just to be in the presence of somebody that was so smart, but so humble. And he can explain things that are what that would make me stammer and just get angry and want to slap somebody with my ring hand. He handles it with grace where you can feel that anger, but you can understand every single word. Um, he was gracious and took time and even, you know, gave me his email. And we communicated via email for a few years before kind of losing touch. Uh, but great man. He explains it greatly here. I'm going to end the show with his words. So, um before I hit play on this, uh, take care of yourselves, take care of your peoples, tell them I love you. Um, yeah, till next week, y'all be easy. Peace.
I mean, you know, America's not unique in its sins hmm. as a country. We're not unique in our evils, to be honest with you. Um, I think where, we're, where we may be singular is our a refusal to acknowledge them mm. and the legends and myths we tell about our inherent, you know, goodness uh, to hide and cover and conceal so that we can maintain a kind of willful ignorance that protects our innocence. See, the thing is that when we, the Tea Party was happening, we used people were, we were saying, pundits, oh, it's just about economic populism. <laughs> it's not about race. When people knew, people knew, social scientists were already writing that what was driving the Tea Party were anxieties about Economic demographic anxiety. shifts, that the country was changing, that they were seeing these racially ambiguous babies on, on Cheerios commercials, that the country wasn't quite feeling like it was a white nation anymore. And people were screaming from the top of their lungs, yo, this is not just simply economic populism. This is the un ugly underbelly of the country. See, the thing is, is this, and I'll say this, and I'll take the hit on it. There are communities that have had to bear the brunt of America confronting, white Americans confronting the danger of their innocence. And it happens every generation. So somehow we have to kind of, oh my God, is this who we are? And just again, another, here's another generation of babies. Think about it, that two-year-old had his bro bones broken by two parents trying to shield him from being killed. A woman who has been married to this man for as long as I've been on the planet almost, lost her, lost her husband. For what? And so what we know is that the country has been playing politics for a long time on this hatred. We know this. So it's easy for us to place it all on Donald Trump's shoulders. It's easy for us to place Pittsburgh on his shoulders. It's easy for me to place Charlottesville on his shoulders. It's easy for us to place El Paso on his shoulders. This is us. And if we're gonna get past this, we can't blame it on him. He's a manifestation of the ugliness that's in us. I've had the privilege of growing up in a tradition that didn't believe in the myths and the legends because we had to bear the brunt of them. Either we're going to change, Nicole, or we're going to do this again and again, and babies are going to have to grow up without mothers and fathers, uncles and aunts, friends, while we're trying to convince white folk to finally leave behind a history that will maybe, maybe, or embrace a history that might set them free from being white, finally.